invite you to rise as you're able <clears throat> as we gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And all that is Christ's is yours. Thanks be to God.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. I should be seated for our kids to come forward at this time. Right. Well, we'll get Sandy a different microphone. <laughs> I think that one. Kids, come on up for children's sermon. Come on up. Come on up. I've got some. Can you come right in here? Because we got to do some work together here today. Very. 
can you come close enough to shake my hand? Because I've got to shake hands. Right in here, right in here. No? Okay, that's fine. Scary. Okay, so I want to talk today about how we have contact with God. Okay, how we have contact with God. It's kind of another way to say it is how do we find God or how does God find us? Because it seems like as we live, sometimes there's a distance. Like, in fact, can we shake hands? Okay, but there's a distance. See, it's like, it's like we're, we're, we want to shake hands, but we're, there's a gap. So what I want to tell you, the good news of what God did in Jesus is he did this. See how I've got hold of you? He grabbed onto us. Now, since I did that, what might you do for me? You grab onto me, too? Look at that. Cool. Pastor Jonathan does this to the confirmation kids a lot. That's the gospel. That's the good news. God has come in and taken hold of us. Can I do that with you? Can I, no? Okay. Can I do that with you? Oh, my goodness. Chloe May, that's scary. Okay. So I grab on, then you grab onto me. Zoe, are you going to be scared, too? Well, maybe this is true. We're a little scared of God. Because he's, he's, it's scary. So God comes and gives us a warm embrace. See, Katie will do it. See, I grab on, and she grabs on to me, okay? And God comes in and grabs on to you. And maybe you grab on to God, but sometimes, but sometimes maybe not so much. But God still holds on to you, Evie. See, God grabbed on. That's beautiful. Now, the way God connects with us is what we're doing right now. We're worshiping him. Um, the way he connects with us is through other people who love us, like moms and dads and grandma and grandpas and aunts and uncles and, and uh, lots of people around us in the, that are part of the church. And sometimes God grabs onto us when we're serving other people, which is really exciting when we do really super great things for other people. So that's what we're talking about. And, you know, we are scared of God sometimes. It is scary. But God, but the good news is God comes and takes hold of us. And sometimes, let me grab on. Sometimes we don't grab on so good, but still God keeps hold of us. And then out of love, we grab on, just like that. That's right. Okay, that's faith. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for these children. Bless them today with your spirit. They live in a challenging time and world, and may they know always that you created them. They're no accident, they're beautiful, and that you love them, and that you have, in Jesus, grabbed on to them, and will hold on forever in your love and grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. reading from the second book of Kings, the fifth chapter. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, 
If only my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he could cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his Lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and that this man um, just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a letter, a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Arbana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded to you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, wash and be clean. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Please accept a present from your servant. But he said, As the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will accept nothing. He urged him to accept, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let two mule loads of earth be given to your servant, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offerings or sacrifice to any god except the Lord. But may the Lord pardon your servant on one count, when my master goes into the house of Rimmon to worship there, leaning on my arm, and I bow 
down in the house of Rimmon, when I do bow down in the house of Rimmon, may the Lord pardon your servant on this one count. And he said to him, go in peace. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord anointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects me the one who sent me, the gospel of the Lord. Sometimes in the Bible, some of the little stories tell the big story of the whole Bible. And I actually think we heard that in our first reading today. So I'd just like to walk through that story with you today and help you kind of unpack it and see what that has to say with Jesus' command today to go out into the harvest. So, if you didn't catch it, Naaman is a person of great power. He's a part of the country of Aramea, um, up above the Sea of Galilee, and they're kind of warring with the northern kingdom of Israel, and he's a great warrior and, a, and the right-hand man of the king of Aram, and, and so he's got no problems. He's got everything together. He's powerful. He's strong. He's got wealth. He's got prestige, everything, but one limitation. He has leprosy. <laughs> He has leprosy, and he is struggling, and he doesn't know what to do. And so there's this servant, and it's interesting that the God's word always comes through this servant in this story, through a small voice, but we'll get to that more later. And so the servant says, hey, you know, this slave who was captured um, says, you know, there's a great prophet back in, in Samaria, northern Israel. Why don't you try him out? And so he sends this big letter to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel, of course, gets the letter and goes, oh no, this is horrible, I can't heal this person, he's obviously trying to pick a quarrel with me, find another reason to come and make war with me, um, I'm weak, and they're strong, and we're in trouble, and he's just trying to come up with an excuse to come after me. Well, then, Elisha hears that the king's all freaked out about this, and he says, what are you freaking out about? Just tell him to come. And so Naaman comes. Naaman comes and with great pomp and circumstance, with very proud, and he comes to Elisha. And does Elisha come out to see Naaman? No. Now, in 
our culture, that would be kind of weird. But especially in this culture, if you did someone of great prestige and you didn't come out to meet them, that was a dishonoring thing. That was a shameful thing. And so Elisha stays where he's at. And I know Naaman has leprosy, but leprosy or not, Elisha would typically come out and greet him, even from afar. But Elisha stays in his house and just sends a servant. Now, how does Naaman take this? Is he like, oh, okay, that's cool? No, he's angry because he's been dishonored. Because he knows he has status he has, he's an important person, and he's going to come to Elisha, the man of God, on his own merits. He's going to come and say, hey, I'm an important person. You need to honor me, and Elisha doesn't do it. So how does this hook into our lives? How do we come to contact God? Do we come on our own terms? Do we expect God to fulfill our expectations? Because Naaman had his expectations of the way he would be treated. Well, we have our expectations. We want God to meet us on our terms. We want all of our questions answered. At least maybe I should speak for myself sometimes. And religious folks have the worst trouble with this. Because... Um, Somehow we've gotten the idea that um, Christianity is a religion like other religions where, you know, we do these things, whatever the list of do's and don'ts are, and then God will accept us. So we expect, well, God, I did this, this, and this, and this, so then these things are going to happen. The TV preachers continue to pervert and destroy the Christian faith every day on those religious channels on your direct TV box. They are selling God. They're selling the faith. It's wrong. It's heresy. We, we, but it's just we fall into this. We, we fall into thinking that Christianity is somehow a list of do's and don'ts. And there are do's and don'ts that we do in response to what God's done for us. But people from the outside, they look at us and they think that the Christian faith is somehow a list of things to do and not do and what you can't do and what you can do. And, and this structure and these um, kind of a legalism, um, all, whether it's the how we worship or what we do inside the church or outside the church. And they look at us and they go, wow, those people. And then they think, okay, well, if I don't do those things, then I can't approach God. I can't come in contact with God. That's, that's the way people think. That's the way they, I think a lot of people's perception of the church is. Well, that's because religious people, we think, well, hey, I go to church on Sunday, I give this much, and I do that, and I don't do this, and I do this, and so therefore God's going to accept me. Is that the way this story works? No. God does not meet Naaman's expectations. Doesn't, doesn't even respect his status, his position at all. It's as if Naaman was, was a nobody. And Naaman don't we sometimes get frustrated? Um, I see this for people outside the church sometimes, but often inside the church too, who have all kinds of questions and, and they want to get everything figured out before they make that move of faith. Um, and, and it gets frustrating. But God, God doesn't work that way for us. God doesn't meet us on our terms. And so here's Naaman, comes before Elisha, 
doesn't even come before him. And Elisha sends his servant, go and wash. And Naaman, it's interesting in the story, moves from anger to rage. And he says, I fought for me. Surely you'd wave your hand over the problem. And do some kind of incantations and do things. Or give me something difficult to do. Give me a lot of steps because as human beings, we like to do all these steps and achieve our healing and salvation. And, and Elisha doesn't do any of that. And Naaman moves to rage. Now, the interesting thing about this story is somehow Nathan, Naaman is going to move from rage to faith. What happened? the servants, the slaves of Naaman say, uh, Master, you know, it's interesting, Master. If he would have asked you to do something difficult, you would have done it. But this is so simple. Maybe you should do it. Now, if you were the slave of this guy, would you have the courage to say that to him? He could have said... <laughs> Off with your head. <laughs> but they have the guts to do it. The voice of power, the word of God comes through the most powerless, the weakest, the smallest. The smallest voice. You know, I think for us, a lot of times, God's word comes in unexpected ways. We want God to come with great shows of power and majesty and might. But God comes in a manger. And then in the weakness of the cross. God's word comes to us in a still, small voice. Not that the world would notice, but the it comes in a still, small voice. And that voice says, go and wash. And so Naaman, somehow, humbled by the Holy Spirit, goes and washes. All the while knowing that the rivers up north are way better than the rivers of Jordan. And the waters of Jordan. Way better, way more beautiful, clean, you know. He says, okay, I'll do it. And he washes seven times. And he's made clean. The gospel of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus comes and says, wash and be clean. Go to the font. Be baptized. Be connected to what Jesus did for us, and you are made whole. And it's a gift. It's free. It's right there. It's for us. That's, that's the good news. That's what binds us together. That is our mission. That's what Jesus sent us out to tell. It's just go and wash and be clean. Receive the gift. It's as simple as that. Oh, no, it has to be more difficult. There has to be a, a whole bunch of laws and a whole bunch of ways of balancing things and all kinds of rituals and all kinds of things we have to do to get God to accept us. No, go and wash. That's it. We think, oh, it's got to be more complicated than that. No, it's not. It's very, very simple. God did it in Christ. He took all of our sin, gave us all of his righteousness. We just simply have to go, okay, I'll receive it. I'll go wash. I'll do what you say. And we're made whole. There's the whole story right there. But then the most, the awesomest, coolest thing happens after this. Naaman wants to pay Elisha. 
Here, you've done this for me. I'm whole, I'm clean. Let me give you some money. And as human beings, isn't that what we want to do? Oh, great. Well, this has to cost something. There is no such thing as a free lunch. That's what my chemistry teacher taught me, you know, when I'm balancing equations. Bill, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You've got to have everything balanced out. As human beings, that's the way we live. There's no such thing as a free lunch. But I'm telling you, this is free. What God did for us in Christ Jesus is a gift received with open arms. That's it. It's free. We can't pay for it. You might be saying, well, what are you doing with passing that offering plate? <laughs> well, we're not doing it so that you can pay for anything. Anybody here doesn't need to give one cent to have God's grace. The only reason we pass that is to allow you to respond to God and be a symbol of all the ways that we respond to God. And so note what Naaman does do. Okay, you won't let me pay for it, but let me take dirt, some dirt with me back, back to where my home is. Let me take some dirt back to my home. What, what is going on here? This is crazy. Ancient people, you see, they thought that gods went with the land. And so what Naaman is saying is, I know now there's no God but God, Yahweh, the Lord God. But I want to worship God now when I go back home. So I need the ground, I need the earth, so I can worship. What do we do? Having been given the gift, we, we do what we're doing this morning. We worship not just here on Sunday mornings, but every day of our lives, when we participate in that feeding program, when we love our spouse and respect our spouse, when we care for our kids with discipline and love together both, when we love our neighbor, when we look for ways to, to bless other people, we worship. But notice that he has to worship in a foreign land now that worships other gods. And he says, Elisha, just give me one, one little break. I'm going to have to help my master when he goes inside to worship the God of Ramon, this Baal, this fertility cult God. And he says, I'm not going to worship him, but I'm going to have to help my master do that. Isn't that the context that we live every day? That we live with a story, with a narrative of what God's done for us. That what life is about is not getting everything you can get for yourself, but being blessed to be a blessing. That's our story, but that story lives in all kinds of other stories, in our story of our culture that says, believe in yourself, don't believe in God. Um, our story says, do what's good for you, doesn't matter what other people. Um, our story that the, the what's, what makes life life is how much good stuff you can get, how much money you can get, how many things you can get. That's what, what will make life work. We live in that story, but we worship in that culture we, we can't escape it and so we take our story and that story is a more powerful story than all these other stories um, answers to life I'm not saying we don't work hard I'm not saying we don't do our business I'm not but we do it so that we can share it that we can bless other people with what we've received that's our story you do you see how this story this little story tells the big story of what God has done in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus says, go. I send you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. 
But your story is the story of the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world, who is the name above every name. So take that story out. It is people's connection to God. It's the way God has said, I want to connect with my people. And he wants to connect with every human being, every culture, every person in the world. They're all precious to him. And you have the story that connects. Stay connected yourself. And let's keep sharing that story. Thanks be to God. Amen. Together, as people of God, with one voice, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us hold up now all those within our midst and around this world that God loves.
God, we name many before you in our midst this day in need of your healing. Pray for Pastor Bill as he's dealing with rheumatoid arthritis and that new diagnosis. Pray for doctors and medications to work healing in his body. Pray for Jaden Sandsgard as he hurt his knee this week and is awaiting an MRI to see further results. We pray for Janice, Greg Patterson's mother, as she recovers from a broken hip and transitions into assisted living. We pray for Jewel Linder as she anticipates kidney surgery on this week. We also pray and hold up Karen Kunkel as, and her family as they mourn the death of her husband, Norm. And for Cliff Adams, the father of Craig Adams, who is recovering still from a stroke. God, we lift before you Ace Edwards and Webb Rhodes as they are dealing with kidney failure. And we pray for our intern, Marietta's sister-in-law, Priscilla, as she anticipates uh, cancer-related surgery in the coming weeks. Lord, we do lift up many who are facing cancer and dealing with this terrible illness. We pray for Linda Moran and Tim Colleen and Angela Dice, Gary Ludwig, Dave Ryan, Gail Crenshaw, Jim McKelvey, Ron Maddox, Kathy Schaefer, and Carol Wales. We also lift before you this day, Lord, our deployed military and their families here at home. We pray for Rebecca Mackey and Eric Fromm and Megan Seawolf, Jared Kane, Andrew Catone, and David Wooten. And God, we continue to pray for many in our midst and hold up others that we name well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, knowing your healing power among us through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace. As you're sharing peace with one another, I invite you to share the friendship booklets along the way as well. To pass those along and note your presence here with us in worship. If you're a guest of ours today, that's a great place to note. Uh, either an address or an email or some way in which we can send you just simply a letter of thanks for being with us this day. A reminder that God does certainly hold us in God's hands. I uh, want to lift up a few things uh, this morning. Certainly the beacon is there for you. Uh, the green Beacon there today, sign of the beauty of summer and all the green around us. 
Um, but lots of things that are going on in our ministry, uh, especially in the summer. Also, the ministry card is a way to engage. Um, it's also a place where you can note your prayers, things that we can be adding to our prayers or just putting on the prayer chain, whatever it might be. I want to lift out just a few things this morning. Um, first of all, our brunch this morning, um, we're thankful for that. That's uh, important to the ministry that we do to connect more deeply to Christ in this congregation. Um, it's a brunch that will support scholarships for women to go on the women's retreat. Um, and so uh, please uh, take part in that. Really good food, but also um, a good reason to gather together. There's a little bit of a misprint on the front of your uh, worship folder, uh, or excuse me, on the front of the beacon. It says Wildcat Wednesdays start July 12th, which is a Friday. Um, so <laughs> this is not Back to the Future. Um, we're not in a time warp. That should be July 10th out at, at Wildcat Lake. And those are wonderful times to gather together. Um, they started out with youth, a youth focus, but families, anybody's welcome really as well. The waterfront be open, all that kind of stuff. Some main food provided. You can just bring something to potluck in there as well and join in the fun. Um, want to note also that, um, let's see, I got the brunch. Oh, um, that Vacation Bible School is coming up. And um, there is a need for some more teacher assistance. That's kind of the last little piece we need to fill. Um, we're having a lot of fun writing songs for it. Um, it's Again, it's an organic curriculum from here in our congregation. And this is a way to just kind of help out along the way and just really energize and connect with a lot of the kids in our neighborhood. So note that, please. And I think that's all I have. Pastor Bill's got a blessing and sending that's very important today. Yes. So, um, a few weeks ago, we bid farewell and Godspeed to the Frog and his family. You've been members for a long time. And today, we bid farewell and Godspeed to Hank and V. Rose. They are moving to Texas. And um, what a blessing they have been for us. And so, I simply want to say a prayer with them and for them and give thanks for them. Okay? I'll just stand right behind you. <laughs> Let us pray. Gracious and loving God. We do give thanks for Hank and V. We give thanks for their years of faithful service in the military and service of our country. Um, we give thanks for their faithfulness here at this congregation for all the ways they have been blessed by SLC and been certainly a blessing to many. We give thanks for V's wonderful gifts of hospitality, her energy, and her joy. We'll miss her and their hallelujah. Um, and God, we, we do pray that you'll go with them, guide them in their move. Um, we are always connected in the body of Christ wherever we go. And so let them find a good um, congregation to nurture them in word and sacrament um, where they go. So watch over them and keep us all united in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 of ours today, too. If you'd like to be introduced or introduce yourself, let's start over here. Anybody we can welcome today? Some special guests, yep. Mike and Jessica White. Jessica's my niece, and then my great niece, Chloe, is back there, too, yeah. with Katie and Nana today. So welcome, you guys. Great job. Yeah, welcome. Good to have you here. Continue our worship with Pledge of Allegiance. 
Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And how again after supper he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And we remember his love as we pray as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. If there is any place in worship where God grasps us, it is here, personally and Christ comes to us in the song. I invite you to be seated and come forward as you're invited to receive.
you to rise as you're able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and with mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.